I love October. It's October. Pumpkin spice beer, cool weather, cold nights, and the holidays are right around the corner. Yeah, let's not forget Halloween-themed D&D sessions. Those are my favorite. And now, Halloween-themed episodes here at the dojo. It's about the undead this week on the Dungeon Master's Dojo mini-episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters, as well as experienced and new players alike. We hope to bring you the tools needed to not only be a great GM, but to help you develop as a player. I'm your host, Louis Aponte. Our stars of the show are Scott Labby and Bill Robotile. Let's enter the dojo and see what both Bill and Scott have in store for us today. Bill, Scott, how are you guys doing this evening? Not bad. Uh, we're, huh, Louis is up to our workload because now apparently we're doing these mini episodes in October. So he is quite the slave driver. He he's horrible. He's horrible. He yells and scolds at us constantly. Yeah. I'm going to get this whip out next. Uh, yeah. He hits us. <laughs> we're not safe. <laughs> <Contact> the authorities. <laughs> well, today we're talking about the undead. What's to know about them anyway? Ah, they are dead and they're horrible at dance parties. Yes. End of episode. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get serious guys. Don't make, get to make the great pumpkin come see you. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot to know. A lot to know. So one of the big things is let's not be negligent when we're discussing our friends, the undead. They are just as complex an organism as you or I, as the animals that crawl the earth or swim in the seas. They, too, have physiology and inner workings, those things that make them tick. That's beautiful. It is. What makes these creatures fascinating is that when kept in good health, a, a term which is somewhat strange-sounding when you used in relation to the creature that is dead yet alive, they can live for thousands of years. Uh, the undead have no metabolism. They are animated by negative magical energies. Their internal organs serve no function, as they do for you or I. Uh, what is strange is that this negative energy that animates the undead is dependent on the undead's ability to feed you see the undead must feed. In some, but not all cases, to continue to access negative energy that animates them. So what similarities, if any, do undead have to living creatures? You might be surprised. Like cold-blooded creatures, snakes, and others of their kind, the undead are unable to produce their own heat and thus are dependent on the environment for warmth. This is not to say that they are cold-blooded like a snake. They are far from that. For unlike the snake, the undead are not harmed by changes in temperature. They are not cold-blooded. In fact, undead are mostly bloodless. <laughs> so what do they eat? Um, some don't eat anything at all, for there is no need to. Uh, some undead will go for centuries without encountering a single living thing and be perfectly fine, while still others require flesh for energy. That is, it's... Not disturbing enough that the some dead require the life energy of living things. There are some undead that do not require any food at all, but choose to eat. Why would an undead creature who does not need to eat consume food? Well, let's use the vampire for an example. 
vampires require the blood of their victims for them to continue, this is an insatiable urge that they just cannot escape. But perhaps taking a meal occasionally, if not every day, reminds them of a time when they were living. Perhaps undeath is not so preferable to death itself. With centuries of reflection and the loss of countless loved ones, there may come a desire for the normality they once enjoyed. While their internal organs may not provide anything to the undead, the undead do have some senses that function quite well. The negative energies that animate them will most often extend to vision, hearing, and sometimes taste. In some cases, the senses may even be enhanced as the undead have dark vision. The senses are active and even enhanced for the purposes of predation. Uh, Without these senses functioning correctly, the undead would have no means for finding their prey. The undead will smell and taste much like their human counterparts and much like they did in life. What is interesting, though, is that the sensory organs are necessary for the senses to function. So, for example, if an undead lost their eyes, they will also lose their sight. And undead that loses their tongue would lose their sense of taste. What are those undead, such as skeletons, that have neither eyes nor a tongue? They are simply aware of the presence of others. They cannot see, taste, or hear. Let's go over the reproduction. We always uh, go there, Bill. No we matter do. what we do, we're always talking we're, about dangly bits and the whatnot. Yes, yes. So um, the, undig- the undead's uh, twig and berries, I guess. Another similarity is that the undead had to living is that they can produce. Yes, you heard me correctly. They can reproduce, although their means for doing so is not quite dissimilar from how you or I engage in reproduction. There are numerous varieties of undead that can cause their victims to rise from the dead much in the same way they did themselves, thereby creating new undead creatures. Some still have the ability to create what can be best described as spawn, a lesser variety of undead than the one that created them. Uh, One of the best cases of such propagation is the creation of a vampire. The manner of reproduction has been described by some as very similar to a disease. Not entirely dissimilar from lycanthropy. Of course, such a disease is not easily cured by the town physician, and holy means are usually necessary. When a child of any species is born, it goes through its various stages of development until it reaches maturity. And, still beyond maturity, it continues to develop and change throughout its lifespan. This is not the case with undead. In most cases, the undead are changeless. They continue in the same fashion that they had always continued in until they are killed for good this time. Depending on the variety of undead, they may, over the course of countless centuries, find a way to grow in strength and power, but they will never change or grow as you or I will. Their experiences will not mold them as ours do. Essentially, they remain changeless Hmm. forever. All right, how about psychology? Very few undead have psychology to speak of. Many do not even have sentience. They merely respond to the stimuli or to commands of their master. The undead simply exist. They do not live as you or I. They have no goals, no aims, or desires. Every year is the same, and there is no forward thinking. The undead do not possess compassion. They cannot be reasoned with. Their minds do not operate in the same as yours or mine. It is said that compassion is a choice. When we act in a compassionate fashion towards another, we have made a choice to do so. The undead have no choice, not even the intelligent ones. 
The reason for this is unclear, but many speculate that the creation of an undead creature, such as a vampire, stems from the inherent evil and traumatic act. This evil imprints itself upon the individual and changes them, almost making them a template of the creature that turned them. This is not to say that they are not unaware of their terrible acts. Most intelligent undead remember their previous life. They are well aware of how terrible their actions are, but they commit them anyways. That um kind of paints them as a... Uh I don't know, a tragic figure. It, and it should. Um, there, there are a creature that is being driven by negative energy, and more often than not, not because of their own choice. Yeah, and I, and that's a really good point. And I, I think that's something that makes for a very compelling story if your campaign or even a portion of your campaign has you dealing with undead. I mean, it seems almost a waste of a good storyline, you know, to just make them, okay, it's an undead. Yeah, don't treat them as fodder. Treat them as a victim. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, some of your greatest undead, they're all come from tragic stories. Absolutely. Uh, Lord Soth. Yeah, yeah. His uh, his his story, it's it's very um, very Shakespearean. Yes. You know, and uh, Strahd, too, Strahd is, is a, another, a, one. Mm-hmm. another one. And when you, you craft a story like that as a GM... And Strahd's story kind of sticks with me because when you read about it, you're like, "Yeah, I, I, I get where the guys, I get where the guys coming from." You mm-hmm. know, especially being uh, not as young as I used to be, it makes the uh, it makes the villain real and kind of tragic. It adds depth, I think. Well, you. it's depth if you can sympathize with the villain. Yeah, you know, then then you have some depth there, and and it makes it little, like I said, more a little more believable. Yeah, and that that makes for a really good villain. Mm-hmm. A really, really, really good villain. So don't don't waste that. And that's this week's mini episode on Undead. Look for more DM Quick Tips, our new segment, A Monster in a Minute, and all the new mini episodes for this month. Halloween is in October, and that means all our Dungeon Masters Dojo content in October will be Halloween themed. See you next time in the Dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.